0: The scripture today is from um, the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 17 to 28. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all of people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death has came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Ad, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits; then he comes those who belong to him. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authorities, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemy under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now, When it said that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. This is the word of the Lord.
1: if you, Ernest. Um, if you have your Bibles open, do turn it to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Follow well, me pray for us as we start. Lord, we thank you that your word is living and active. We thank you that it opens the eyes of the blind and give, gives life to the dead. And Lord, we pray that now that your, your spirit will come and speak to us, revive us, strengthen us, Help us to see the glories of the hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy Easter um, to all of you. It really is great to see all of you here this morning and to be able to worship with you um, like this in person. Uh, Easter really is a, a day that changed history. If you think about uh, what happened early, right it, during Jesus's ministry, do you remember what happened uh, during when Jesus calmed the storm? When Jesus calmed the storm, the disciples feared; they shook in fear because the world as they knew it was shattering. They, they were seeing, they were recognizing Jesus to be someone that they didn't know, they couldn't recognize. And do you remember the reaction of the women at the at, at the at the empty tomb, they feared. They feared because the world, as they knew, was crumbling. A whole new possibility was arising on Easter with the empty tomb. Today, we celebrate how Jesus changed history. He really did. If Jesus really died and he rose again, what we're celebrating today is a whole new way of being, a whole new way of being a human being. What we're celebrating today is a new possibility, the possibility of an entirely different world. A world not as we know it, but the world that is coming, that Jesus is revealing. But in some ways, the world out there actually does celebrate a version of Easter, sort of a mythical version of Easter. In fact, while in Spanish and in French, uh, Greek, Italian, Easter is called some version of Pascha, uh, Passover. But in English, we call it Easter. Well, why do we do that? It's because Christians came over this sort of, uh, and took over an Anglo-Saxon uh, myth, uh, celebration. Easter was the goddess of spring or renewal in the culture. I'm sorry, I don't know, the, the sound rings a lot. I, I don't know if anybody can fix that, um, there, the, the ringing sound. Yep. Um, Easter was the goddess of spring, of renewal in the culture. And in the picture, you'll see the bunnies there, right? Because that was how they celebrated Bunnies wore, hares wore symbol of fertility. Um, as they, and what they celebrated was a cycle of life. Spring, summer, autumn, winter, and then spring. They said after, after winter, there came spring. After death, there came life. They were celebrating a circle of life, a pattern, natural pattern of life. But while Christians adopted uh, the date and some of the symbolisms, our story is entirely different. It shouldn't be the same. It's not the same. The Bible says it's not, the world is not a cycle, and death is not part of the cycle. When you die, the Bible says, you just die. That's the end. We don't, you know, we don't go to the funeral and go, well, you know what, after you die, you'll become a tree and somehow maybe you'll be eaten by something else and become this part of life, right? That's not what we say. The Bible says death is an enemy to be defeated. It's not part of God's good world. Death is an intrusion. Intrusion. Death came into the world, and it doesn't belong in the world. And death came because sin came. And if sin and death are intrusion into the world, then Easter is God's intervention. God's intervention that says sin will not have the final say. Your sin is paid for. Death will not have the final say. Your death will end. And this world as we know it, the world infected by sin and death, well, this will not go on forever. A whole new, different world is coming. That's what we celebrate in Easter, the possibility of an entirely different existence. And Paul tells us, if we live in that hope, we'll be the envy of the world. We'll have the honored places when Jesus comes back. Of course, I know there are lots of people who think that Easter is just a mythical thing, a metaphor uh, for a circle of life, a story that's told to make people feel better. And part of that is because they don't believe in resurrection. Wow, this is not new. Skepticism like this happened 2,000 years ago when Paul was writing to Corinthians right? Corinthians didn't believe in the resurrection for many different reasons. I mean, it could have been just natural skepticism. Dead people don't come back to life. That's just fact of life. Maybe also it was the culture. In that culture, the world was evil. Uh, the, our flesh was evil. And death was an escape from this world. Death was an escape from this body. And if you have escaped to a higher being, why come back to life? Why come back and take on the flesh again? Why the resurrection? They didn't believe in the resurrection. But for the Christian, not believing in the resurrection is absurd. For the Christian, yes, there is Good Friday where Jesus dies on the cross for us, but death alone, his death alone isn't cause for celebration. Without, uh, it has to be coupled with resurrection. Because without it, Christianity doesn't make any sense. Take a look at verse 17 when he says, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Your faith in Jesus doesn't make any sense if there's not a resurrection because you are still in your sins. And the reverse of that then is true. If Jesus did rise again, if he really did, and only if he did, your sins are now forgiven. Your sins are forgiven we heard this past Friday, if you joined us online, you heard one of the sayings of Jesus on the cross is, it is finished. Actually, that could be translated as, it is paid. Your sins are paid, paid in full. Uh, Jesus paid the penalty of our sins. God, he, he took on God's wrath for us. He was separated for us so that we could have life in him. And the resurrection is God's proof uh, that it really is paid. It's the paid in full stamped across time and history. Because if you think about it, if Jesus had just died, how do we know that our sins are forgiven again? Forgiven in full. Even if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, how do you know that it's completely paid for? Maybe if you die, you might think, well, I need to still add to that payment. When you go to the grocery store, you only take out the food uh, and, and the stuff that you buy only if you pay for it uh, completely. When somebody goes into prison, they only come out of prison if they have paid their debt to the society in full. Their coming out is it, it, it's, it's, it's a receipt. It shows that it actually has been paid. You see, the resurrection proves That God sees Jesus' death as proof, as, as enough. The payment that is sufficient for all our sins on the cross. We know that because God raised him up on the third day. Friends, your sins are paid for. So let me ask you, what kind of a guilt do you still carry around with you? What guilt do you carry around with you? Maybe something you've done when you're a child, stealing, lying, theft, hurting someone, adultery, abortion, premarital sex. We have, what have you failed in doing? What have you failed in doing that you know you should have done? Everyone carries around something. Philip Yancey writes in, this bo- in that book, What's So Amazing About Grace? He tells us uh, a time in, the, in, in LA, in Los Angeles, there was a, a, a phone line, an apology sound off uh, telephone service where people could call in and apologize. It became kind of a confessional uh, for many people. He writes, 200 anonymous callers con- contacted the service each day, each leaving 60 second uh, messages. Adultery is a common confession. Some callers confessed a cr- uh, criminal act Recovering alcoholic left a message. I would like to apologize to all the people I hurt in my 18 years as an addict." And the phone rings on. He says, I just want to say I'm sorry. Sobs a young woman. She says she just caused an automobile accident in which five people died. I wish I could bring them back. And then Yancy writes, guilt exposes a longing for forgiveness. When we carry around this guilt, It exposes a longing for forgiveness. And friends, grace has come. Forgiveness has come. This guilt that we've been carrying around, if you belong to Jesus, it dies with Jesus. It is paid. The price is paid. If, you, you, if you're united with Christ in his death, your, 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 um, your uh, sins are paid for, and you'll also be united with him in his resurrection. No longer do you need to carry around that guilt. It's been paid for, and resurrection is God's way of saying, you are forgiven. If you come to Christ, you are forgiven, and this grace is yours. And Easter, that's the, that's the hope of the Easter. And that's the good news of Easter. And it's good news for another reason. And take a look at how he goes on in verse 18. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. But the reverse, is that, the reverse of that is true. Since Christ has risen, that they are alive death is defeated about two weeks ago i had to take the a uh, funeral for phyllis phyllis who died uh, after 6 years of battling cancer and in many ways her story is tragic she leaves behind a grieving family husband sisters two young children 11 and 9 i mean much too young And the story, in some ways, is very tragic. And if this world is all there is, if those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost forever, well, that story is tragic. My friends, Easter tells us death is defeated, that she lives. She lives now, and she will come back um, to life in the future. Take a look at verse 22. Uh, Paul explains how the first Adam brought death to the whole world, but Christ the second Adam brings life. He lived a sinless life. He died and rose again and all who are in Christ will rise again. Ruben Torre was a theologian who lived in the turn of the 20th century. And he explains this verse like this. He says, uh, this is a true story, there were four climbers going to the most difficult part of Matterhorn difficult climb and as they do in these difficult expeditions they tie themselves to each other the four climbers are tied to one another and as they were climbing climbing in this icy road uh, one slips and he starts falling. And you can imagine what happens next, right? The weight of that pull pulls the next person, and then the next person. And as this is happening, the guide, who was an experienced climber, he knows exactly what to do. At the first tug, he he senses uh, this tug. He takes the the ax and he digs it deep into the ice, and he just hangs on to his dear life. Could you imagine the weight of these three men hanging on to this person's, uh, hand, hanging, uh, hanging on to that axe? He, he, he hung on with his dear life, and one by one, each person then regained their footing. They went on to safety. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Death entered because of this one man. But we are all tied. Death entered because of Adam and his disobedience. But Christ, the second Adam, lived a sinless life. He died our death and he rose again. And whoever belongs to him lives and he will live on forever. That's the hope of the resurrection. And on this Easter Sunday, I want to ask you, who have you lost to death? Christians, who have you lost to death? And let me ask you the next question. Did they belong to Christ? Because if they did, they are not lost. They are with Christ now. And when Jesus comes back, they will rise again. We know that. This is not just a myth. This is not just a, 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 a hope that we hang on to. We know that because Jesus rose again. In verse 23, he sa- uh, Paul goes on to say, Jesus is the first fruit. Uh, 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 first fruit is what's offered to God in the first instance of harvest it signals what's to come next Jesus rose again uh, from the dead he's the first fruit and he will bring all of us back to himself in in physical life when he comes back in the new creation And not in that sort of existence that's uh, just souls, somehow, somehow sort of ghostly existence. No, you will be able to eat with them. You'll be able to sing with them. You'll be able to dance with them. You'll be able to hug them. Phyllis, we will see again. Andy, we will see again. My cousin who died when he was 16, I will see him again. I look forward to that the joy of meeting him again. And that hope I can have because Jesus rose again from the dead. Of course, death still hurts. The sting of death is here. And sometimes we have to exercise that faith. And that's what we're doing here today because sometimes this is hard to believe. So we need to remind ourselves of what happened to Jesus, and we need to say again with Paul and with others. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 later on, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flesh, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? There will come a day when we will all come back to life because of the hope in Jesus. And the amazing thing is, it's not just death that's defeated the whole world will be renewed. All the evil things that we see in the world, all the evil things that's plaguing the world and plaguing us right now will be defeated as well. And I saw the need for this once again at the funeral. At the funeral, we're trying to comfort people with the hope of the resurrection. But people are still asking, well, why cancer? Why such pain and struggle for six years? Why the evil of, of, of leaving these kids growing up with their mother? People are asking these questions. You see, death is not the only evil in this world. Death is the last enemy, but there are many other evils in this world. There's sickness, there's abuse, there's exploitation, there are evil people, there are evil powers. Dominions and authorities and these powers that are beyond us, they're evil institutions that's wreaking havoc in this world, in Hong Kong and around the world. We see them in action. But it will not always be so. Take a look in verses 24 to 26. When the resurrection of the faithful takes place, Paul writes, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. And he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Did you hear that? All of God's enemies will be defeated will be destroyed every single evil thing in this world will be put under jesus feet all that are out of order all powers acting in rebellion all curses of sin will be lifted up and cleansed from the world and the world will be made right it will be made to be it will be filled with the glory of god as the waters cover the sea friends Easter tells us that there is a new creation that is coming, that he will reign over all things. And what it also tells us then is if you, expect this, if you expect perfect happiness in this world, you'll be disappointed because things are not right at the moment. There are all sorts of evil afoot here. If you expect this world to be your only chance at happiness you're going to be disappointed when COVID, political upheaval, upheaval, cancer, jobs, job loss, depression, miscarriage, or whatever that comes in your way, you might even despair. And I know when we're going through these difficulties, they seem like forever. But I promise you, friends, this world is not forever. The resurrection shows that there is a different forever That is coming forever will be wonderful forever will be lived in a world where Christ rules and everything is put in the right order under his rule everything will be made right forever will be spent in that world where there is no tear no suffering all the passing moments of joy and goodness that we experience in this world today They're passing moments, right? They go away, but they are glimpses of the eternity that is coming in Jesus Christ with Jesus. That will be our forever. And that is our Easter hope. That's why we gather here today and sing of that joy. And if we live as people of that hope, we'll be the envy of the world. Take a look at verse 19 if only for this life we have hope in christ we are of all people most to be pitied i mean you could say that about saint paul saint paul lived in a way a pitiful life paul was an itinerant he didn't have a home he went from house to house he rented if you will all of his life he worked tirelessly As a tent maker, as a church planter, as a preacher, as a counselor, as a trainer, but all that work, he was betrayed. All that work, he he faced one hardship one after another, and in the end, he was killed. He was martyred. And if this life is all there is, but he lived a pitiful life. But of course, the resurrection shows and guarantees that we will all rise again, that new creation is coming, and St. Paul will have an honored place in the new creation. He will be the envy of the world. Remember Jesus? His promise in Matthew 20:16, the last will be first and first will be last. Remember, James and John, as they were going, and uh, as Jesus was heading to Jerusalem, they were arguing about who will sit next to Jesus on his left and right end, who will have that power. And remember, Jesus doesn't say there won't be any order in the new creation. Instead, he says this, whoever wants to become first, great among you must, become, must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." Church, in the new creation, there will be a great reversal. You know, we can guess who some of these people, honored people will be in the new creation. But for the most part, we won't know. We won't know because servants, People who are slaves of Christ. Well, servants aren't known. Servants serve in the background without any recognition. Those people, if, we, if our life is marked by service, if, if our life is marked by that humility of Christ, if our, if our life is marked by that sacrifice that show our hope of the new creation, you will be honored. You will be honored in the new creation and there is a new creation that is coming it's good news church easter is good news it means that your sins are forgiven it means death is defeated it means uh, the whole new perfect world is coming and now to end the sermon as how, uh, with, uh, with the words of uh, St. Paul, how he ends this chapter. Take a look at verse, uh, chapter 15. And, and therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Happy Easter.